to the book of James chapter 5. We're going to share it for just a few moments from the Word of God. The Bible says that His Word is truth. You know, that's the most important thing, not my opinion, not what I feel, not what I think, but what God says. And the thing that I think a lot of people just need to, some people just don't believe um, in the integrity of the Word. You know, some people think, well, it contains the, the thought, you know, some of the thoughts of God, but this is God's Word. Amen. Even the begats and, and all the, even the maps and the, <laughs> but, you know, all of the Word of God is good. But James chapter 5, and let's read in verse 13. And let's pray, let's release our faith. Lord, thank you today for teaching us from your word. Thank you for illuminating our minds, giving direction to our spirit. Lord, that your word will go forth unhindered in Jesus' name. Lord, bring revelation to each individual. Thank you that our minds are open, our hearts are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Say this, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. James 5, verse 13 says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? He's asking a question. Is any merry? Is any happy? Let him sing psalms. You know, a lot of times we don't want to do that, though. When, when we're afflicted, what do we want to do? We want to complain. We want to say, you know, hey, I'm, you know, tell 50 other people. And, um, but he says, let him pray. And it's okay to, to share things with people, especially people you know that can pray. Yeah. But, but the important thing is you pray about it. Yes. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You know, it's kind of like if I'm happy, I'm not going to say, I'm happy, you sing. <laughs> if I'm happy, I'm going to sing. Amen. And so, is any sick among you? And, and that's a question he's asking. Let him, now I believe that, that he believed there wasn't that many. He said, well, in case there are some, let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, if you study this out, you'll see that it's not just calling for, for the elders of the church, just for anybody. It's, it's basically talking about people that can't do anything for themselves. They're in a bedridden place. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. You know, sometimes people think, well, you know, the Lord's not going to heal me because I've, I've missed it. But he says that he's going to raise them up. And if they've committed sins, plural, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. So we should pray one for another that we may be healed. If you need healing in your body, go pray for somebody that needs healing. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. I believe that this is talking about prayer that gets results. 
I mean, when we look at Elijah, I believe he got results with his prayers. You know, prayer that wins. And one thing that we should do is we should get results from prayer. You know, one thing about it, just like we said, you know, year after year, we should be growing stronger. We should be getting better in the things of God. I don't want to just pretend that things are, okay, yeah, I'm getting answers to my prayers and I'm not. I don't want to just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm working out five days a week, but it's not helping. I mean, something's not working right. You know, something is, is there's a missing ingredient. So I need to make sure that, that I'm getting answers, prayers that get results. And if there's any time in the history of the planet that we need to get results, it's right now with everything that's going on. Can you say amen? I've heard someone say this one time, that prayerless people misrepresent God. But see, it's not the, the time to be prayerless. It's the time to be steadfast, unmovable, as the Bible says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so one thing that, that you'll find out, the enemy of our soul, the devil, how many know we have an enemy? And the Bible says he's arrayed against us, but that's not for us to be scared, but because the Bible says he's under our feet. But one thing about the enemy is he is a persistent cuss. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. He, he's persistent in his, his, his workings against us. And so one of the things that we should do is be just as persistent as he is. He, he deceives, he steals, kills, and destroys. But... Uh, if every believer would be half as committed as the devil is to believe God, to pray, to give everything to the Lord. Amen. And so one of the things that I believe that we should be very diligent in is prayer. And so through prayer, one of the things, one side of prayer is fellowshipping with the Lord. And that's, that's a great side of prayer. But one of the things in prayer that we can do and is this. Through intercessory prayer, we can push back the forces of darkness. We can push back the tide of what the devil wants to do. Amen. That's why we have to pray for our nation like never before. Because the things, I don't know if you've seen some of the things that are going on now, but uh, to, to most people, they should be alarming as far as like common sense. But to the believer, it's not a time to be afraid. It's a time to rise up. Amen. Amen. And so I want to speak along the, the subject of prevailing prayer. Prevailing prayer. <clears throat> John Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church, he made this statement. It seems that God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. It seems that God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Well, why is that? Well, I believe that because... God gave man dominion. And then man sinned. The enemy came in. And so God does things on a legal basis. And I'm glad he does. But so that's why we had to ask and we had to pray that he would, his will be done. Why would Jesus say pray that your will be done in, on earth as it is in heaven? If it's just going to be that way automatically. So we have to pray. We have to ask. For him to come in. But I like what he says here in James 5. I want to read that from the Amplified Classic. James chapter 5. 
Is anyone, verse 13, among you afflicted, ill-treated, suffering evil? He should pray. Is anyone glad at heart? He should sing praise to God. Is anyone among you sick? He should call in the church elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And when I said that about what, what the about those that are uh, bedridden, that doesn't mean that you can't call for people to come pray for you. I didn't mean it like that as well because we should call people to pray for you. And so I don't think that you have to be bedridden before, well, the pastor said I can't and, um, call anybody until I'm on my deathbed. No. <laughs> don't let it get that far. And so he says, um, and the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick and the Lord will restore him, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another. Let me just say this, though. Be careful who you tell. Because, you, you, you know, if you don't want something known across the world, that doesn't just mean that you confess your sins to everybody. Amen. Use some wisdom there. Amen. And so, but, you know, if you've wronged somebody or someone's wronged you, then you need to go to them and, and you know, confess your fault. And notice here he says, um, verse 16, confess your faults to one another, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also one for another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Here's what I want you to see. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Who's righteous in here? Amen. Another word for that is just. Declared righteous. And so he says, see, if you're born again by the blood of Jesus, then you're righteous. And so he says here, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, it makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. But I love that. Earnest, heartfelt. So what does that mean? It's not just a little, just a little yawn, a prayer that has a yawn in it. Like, Lord, just thank you today. You know, it, it, there's nothing heartfelt about that. And I'm not saying that, you know, you should scare people when you pray every time you pray. But, but you know, when, there's, there's times where you should lift up your voice. And, you know, even if you're not loud, you can be praying faith. And you can pray. One thing that I, now this is just me, and I know I've, I've said this before, but I don't try to pray long prayers. I just try, I endeavor to pray faith prayers. So you can put a lot of faith in something and it'll be 10 seconds. Not to say there's not long prayers, because also when you pray prayers of intercession, that's not just something you say, Lord, we believe we received the answer. Amen. There's things you have to pray through until you get to a note of victory. So there's, you know, there's different rules and different prayers. But notice he says here, it's the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. It makes tremendous power available. It's dynamic and it's working. So when we have prayer power that's available when we cry out, and I think that's one of the things that, that we've lost in prayer many times is we have a formality of prayer and not a heart of prayer. You know, the same thing with, 
with uh, praise and worship. Sometimes we can have a, a form of, of praise, but, but not a heart or, or worship. And, and I'm, I'm just saying across the, the body of Christ. And so what we, we want to do is get our heart in what we're doing. But I love what he says here. He, he goes on to use uh, Elias, which Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. What does that mean? He was just like us. You know, Elijah didn't have a halo over his head. He wasn't perfect. And it said he, was, he has like passions as we are, and he prayed. And what happened? It didn't rain. He said, he said it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And then it said he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruits. I want you to look over in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. Look over the Old Testament, 1 Kings 18. I don't know about you, but I know with, with me, it's uh, exciting to know that Elijah was a man of like passions. He was a man that dealt with fear. He was a man that dealt with disappointment. He was a man that dealt with, with different things in his life, and he learned to overcome. And we also see where he actually ran from a woman. <laughs> Amen. So I want you to look down in verse 18, um, 17. 1 Kings 18, verse 17. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubles Israel? And here he is talking to the prophet of God. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed Balaam. Now therefore sin and gathered me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. Well, she was funding them all. <laughs> so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? It, it sounds like Joshua. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He said, you know, why, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. <laughs> then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. It's kind of like I was saying last week. When you start feeling sorry for yourself, you go down. And here, well, you can already see that, that Elijah's like, I'm the only one. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And so at that point, he's starting to think in his mind. But God said, there's 7,000 and more likely prophets. Not just, you know, regular laity, but in the, in the ministry. And it says, let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under and call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. <laughs> and all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Notice these people were a few words when, it, when they were around Elijah. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, 
Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal for morning, even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. When they think, they think, man, we got to get his attention. But it's, and it came to pass at noon. Now they had, it said they started in the morning. So probably for several hours. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud. The Hebrew says with a great voice. For he, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in a journey or peradventure he sleeps and must be awake. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. I'm so glad that my God is alive. That, that I don't have to cut myself. I don't have to hoop and holler and, and um, you know, <laughs> I don't have to do something crazy just to get God to say I'm here. And Elijah said unto the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as could contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood. And said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And, they, and he said, Do it again the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around them about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. Now I want you to notice this. First of all, <clears throat> he wasn't... Now you could look at it two different ways, but he wasn't just giving, doing that so you know, he could make it hard for the Lord. Is anything too hard for the Lord? <laughs> so he, he didn't just make it hard for the Lord by f filling all that water in there. Now, we know that the God answered by fire. He's going to, it says it licked all the water up. But also, what are they in the midst of right there? They're in a drought. What is precious right there at that time? Water. What is he doing? He's giving an offering to the Lord. He's giving a sacrifice. Because what do we see happen after this in the next chapter? We, we see there's an abundance of rain. There's a sound, the abundance of rain. He says, Ahab, you better get up and go now. And, and it's, it talked about, you know, the, the size of a man's hand. There's this cloud coming. So here he is, though. He prays. He, all this water is there. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. You know, I, I think he was heartfelt about this prayer. I bet you any money, he, he wasn't like sitting down just saying, Now, Lord, in your great love and your great mercy and truth, come now and confirm your word. I mean, 
I don't know. He just, he seemed like he was a real radical person. And, and I'm sure that his, his prayer was very heartfelt. And he says, and when all the people saw it, when the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said to them, take the prophets of Baal, let none of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And then look what he says here. Elijah said unto Ahab, get up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. So he had already sowed. Look at all that. You know, he's believing God and by what the word he said, also by what he, the offering he gave. Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Like my pastor says, jokingly, some people, you know, they can't do that. They just kind of just bow their head. I know I couldn't, you know, I mean, I'm not that limber. (laughs) (laughs) So notice what he says. Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time. So it says, go again seven times. So he went through this whole process. Go again. Well, no, I don't see anything. Go again. Well, you know, Lord, you spoke this to me. It doesn't like it's working. Keep believing. That doesn't. Keep believing. Stay strong. Go again. Look again. And then the seventh time it says, well, you know, it's just a little bit. You know, it's just the size of a man's hand, a cloud. He said, you better tell Ahab to get up right now. You know, there's a storm coming. And it says, it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. There was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. They say that's between 17, 20 miles. He ran, outran the horse's chariots. I mean, he had the best chariots. But the power of God came on, and he outran the, he outran them. Don't you know the, the, the amazement on their, their faces when, when he came back over there? What are you doing? Like I said, it's like Superman 1. Clark, how did you get here? I ran. I mean, that's, that's what they did. That's what he did. But, of course, we see the next chapter that they, Jezebel tells, um, sends word to him and says, you know, we're going to have your head. And what happens? He takes off running, but he's not under the hand of the Lord. And so I love this passage because it talks about a heartfelt prayer. Heartfelt prayer. Prayer that, that's going to prevail and produce prayer power. <clears throat> I was thinking about Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to remind you of this. Over in the book of Daniel. That might be where some of your pages stick together. Towards the last of the. Actually there's a lot of books. From Daniel to the end of the Old Testament. But. Daniel chapter 9. I don't want to read. uh, Verse 1. He says, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, 
In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of of Jerusalem. And I set my face. So what happened here? He's reading what the prophet of God had said. And he's looking at this, and he's, he's understanding what God's saying. And it says, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord and God and made my confession and said, O oh, oh Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to keep his commandments. And he goes on and pray and actually intercede. But here's the thing I want you to see is he read these prophecies, but he didn't just say, well, you know what, Lord, I don't know why you didn't do this. Lord, I don't understand why it didn't come to pass. He, saw, he began to seek the Lord and, and take that ab- upon him and pray about it and pray it out. The same thing when we read what the Bible says. I don't want to just read something and say, yeah, the word says it, but it's not in my life. When I see something that the Bible says, Lord, your word says this, and, and we earnestly desire this in our life. Amen. I can remember being in the, uh, some services in the last few, well, the last few years um, that Brother Hagen was on the earth. And, um, you know, he would, um, he would pray this, especially about the gifts of the Spirit. And he, he said, Lord, and, and just prayed about this all the time, especially the, the, the power gifts. Working of miracles. Gifts of healing. Special faith. And he said, Lord, you know, we desire, we earnestly desire to see these things. And see, that's, that's why some things haven't come to pass because we haven't hungered for them. Now, I'm, I'm saying more on a personal level, but, it, you know, the same thing affects the church worldwide as well. You know, it's, it's just like anything in life. The reason why certain things that we desire haven't happened is because we haven't wanted it enough. Selah. You know, I don't care what it is. If it's reaching a goal, um, if it's something spiritually, the the reason we haven't had it, a lot of times we haven't hungered for it. Amen. That's why we're having prayer meetings at 515 on Monday and Wednesday. (laughs) So come on out. You know, we we have a great time and and we just press in and um, just, just spend that time seeking the Lord. But he took this and he said, Lord, this, this thing shouldn't have happened. So he began to seek by prayer and fasting. Now, we know Daniel, he, he prayed fervently. He was a man that prayed fervent prayers. And so the thing that we, we need to get from this is not just the mechanics of prayer, but the spirit of prayer. And that's what God, I believe that God wants to, to elevate in this church is, is not just the 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 schematics, and you know, the here's this, 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 and it's it's good to pray. You want to pray scripturally, and you want to pray the word, but then when you pray it, you don't want to just recite it. You want it to be heartfelt. You want it to be God. Here's what your word says, and I believe, you know, and and, and put your whole heart into it. Yes. Amen. <clears throat> Look over in the, uh, the next chapter, Daniel 10, he, in verse 10, he says, 
he was talking about having this vision. And uh, he says, verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words I speak unto you and stand upright. For unto you am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. You ever heard people say, well, you know, it feels like uh, my, my, my words aren't getting higher than the ceiling. Well, actually, in the New Testament, they don't have to get further than your belly. Amen. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But he says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am, I am come to make you understand what shall befall the people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. So one thing that, that we see here is even though the answer wasn't forthcoming immediately, God heard immediately. And the answer was sent. But you know, the, the enemy doesn't want us to, to understand what God's sending to us. So what does the enemy try to do? He tries to confuse us. He tries to send discouragement. He tries to send um, disillusionment. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What does that mean? When you're expecting something and then it doesn't happen for a while, what does that mean? Hope put off. That Another word for the hope is expectation. <clears throat> when, when you have an expectancy for something and it doesn't happen, what does that make your flesh do? It makes you want to give up. It makes you want to... Give in. It makes you want to cave under pressure. Yeah. Amen. So that's why he says, <clears throat> you know, when he says, uh, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. He talks about over in Galatians, don't be weary in well-doing. So don't get weary in praying. Don't get weary until you see the answer. Amen. Well, I haven't seen it yet. We'll, we'll keep praying. How long do I do it? Until, until you see the answer. You know, how long do I, do I stand? You just keep standing. You know, there, there's no other answer besides, he says, having done all to stand, sit down. You know, he says, having done all to stand, stand. How long do I have to stand until you're victorious? But see, here's a good thing. Greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. So if I know the greater is one within me, if I don't quit, then I know everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then one other example, 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And this is, I'm very well could have started here, but I'll end here because this is for every believer and especially the times we're living in. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Then he goes on to say who those all men are. For, all, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable 
in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So what's he saying? He said, first of all, our prayers don't turn inward, turn outward. Lord, bless me, my wife, us four, no more. Lord, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me. I mean, it's right to pray for yourself, but begin by praying for other people. <laughs> Amen. You start praying for other people, then, then God's going to meet that need. Pray for others that you may be healed. So, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, standing in the gap. That's what that means. And giving a thanks be made for all men. So we should thank God for our leaders. Pray for our leaders that God would protect them. That God would give them wisdom. That God would, would show himself strong. For kings. For presidents. We could say. For all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. For this is good and acceptable. Why? Because God wants all men to be saved. And to come into the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. So first of all, pray for your leaders. And let me say this. The church is responsible. And what do I mean by that? The church is responsible to pray. And the church is responsible to intercede. The church is responsible to pray and stand in the gap. I know I've, uh, I've shared this a couple weeks ago, but even like with uh, some things that happened in the 1970s, um, the Lord appeared to a, to a man of God and said, uh, told him about intercessory prayer and just highlighted the fact of intercessory prayer. And he, of course, he knew about it, but he, he told him to, to and, and of course, this man had some special meetings. And they prayed and turned some things around and turned the tide, as he said. And so um, they turned some things around. But then some of the other things that happened the Lord appeared to him in the, in the mid-70s and said some of the things that happened like with Watergate. He said, I'm holding the church responsible for that man. And he said, you know, you tell people like that, and I'm just quoting what he said. He said, you tell believers that, and they, sometimes they'll laugh. He said, but they'll be the ones receiving the, the condemnation when they stand in judgment or at the judgment. And so, um, anyway, it's just our responsibility. Now, the thing is, and that's why I said it's our responsibility to pray. It's not our responsibility how people respond. Just like if you share the gospel with somebody, if they don't receive Jesus, then they don't receive Jesus. You know, if, if, you, if you pray for somebody, just say if you pray for somebody to be healed, well, what happens if they die? Well, if, they're, if they know Jesus, guess what? They're going to see him. I mean, how hard can that be? How bad can that be? And here's the thing. I was talking to somebody this morning about this, um, a family member. If they know Jesus, yes, we miss them. And, and sometimes they may not have fulfilled their, their whole course, and we understand that. But a lot of times, if you could talk to those people, they wouldn't come back. <laughs> Say, you know what? I miss you, but uh, we'll see you on the other side. And, uh, you know, the Lord take care of you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And make his face to shine upon you. 
Amen. Why? Because when, the Bible says that the, the things we face on the earth are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Amen. So, you know, as, as hellish, let me say it like that, as things can be sometimes, just realize, thank God one day this is all over. But, you know, God doesn't want us to just grit our teeth on the way just like, Lord, we're just holding on to the horns of the altar. And come quickly, Lord Jesus. God wants us to, to not just endure, but to excel and, and, and to, to conquer. Amen. And to do it with joy. Hallelujah. So why do people not pray? And I believe this is an underlying issue. If you talk to a lot of people and you ask them about this, why do, if you just boil it down to this, why do a lot of people not pray? And I'm not just talking about like in a prayer. I'm talking about like on their own, going down the road, talking to the Lord. A lot of times people don't pray, I believe. They don't believe it'd do any good. Why pray if it's not going to do any good? Why, why pray if it's not, why give if it's not, if it's not going to do any good? Why, why worship if it's not going, if it doesn't do any good? Amen. So how do we pray? But see, I know it works because God is faithful. So how do we pray? I'm going to just give you this. Number one, get, script, get a script, scripture, excuse me, get scripture for your need. Find Scriptures for what you need. Amen. That's number one. Well, first of all, you need to be specific about what you need from God. That comes first. Because I can't just choose a scripture for healing and, and you need to be water baptized. But, but, you know, know what you need from God. But then find scriptures that cover your need. And then, number two, you pray. And then, but when you pray, be steadfast and be heartfelt. Don't have just a little, uh, you know, wishy-washy, just little milk toast type prayer. Amen. Like I said, you don't have to make somebody like crawl out of their skin. You know, in the name of Jesus, you know. But I do believe in praying like that, too. And so, be steadfast, heartfelt. But then number three, it's, it's, I know it's really deep, ask. You know, the Bible says, if two, two of you is touching anything on earth, and a lot of times we, we, we concentrate on, you know, the Lord being there. But, you know, when, when we talk about the prayer of agreement, one of the big things about the prayer of agreement is that you actually ask. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Well, you know, John, just agree with me on that. You know, that I get that job. And he says, okay, I agree with you. Yeah. And we didn't even do that verse. The verse says that you ask. Yeah. But we do that a lot, don't we? Hey, just agree with me, but it's going to be a great week. Agree with me this. Okay, let's pray. Oh, oh, what? Pray? No. 
two of, two or three of you um, shall ask. So you have to ask. If there's never a, a time of asking, there's never going to be a time of receiving. So find scriptures for what you need. You pray. You ask. Then you what? You believe that you receive. What is that? Another word for that word receive is take. Believe that you take them. At some point of you building those scriptures in your, in your spirit and in your mind, at some time you need to say, I believe that I take it. Yeah. And, and just as literal as you taking something out of somebody's hand, you know, if, if Liam said, I'm going to give you that iPad, Dad. He's saying no. If he said, what do I have to do? I just had to receive it, right? And I'll go, I'll, he took it back. But that's what I do. I have to receive it. What if the, what if the Lord's offering me something and I don't take it? Then, then it's up to me. I heard a, um, an experience that a man of God had one time. He said he was praying for a, a man that was a retired missionary. He had come off the field, and he was 39, I believe. And he was, uh, I think he had cancer. So this minister went to pray for him, of course. And he said he prayed for like two hours in other tongues. And he said he saw Jesus at the end of the bed. And Jesus walked up to this man, and this man was bedfast, couldn't walk. He said the man got up and did something he couldn't do. He got up out of the bed. He went to the end of the bed and kneeled where Jesus was standing. Dropped his head and then ran back in the, got back in the bed. Jesus stuck his arms out like this. He said, and I'm just telling you an experience, so I'm not... You know, do with it what you want. But he said that he was, he held this bowl of something. He said, I don't even know what it was. He just called it a something. And um, anyway, whatever was in there, he was offering it to this man. And um, so anyway, he speaks up and says, the Lord's come to heal you. And that's all he said. He didn't say that he saw him. Or, and um, he said, I can't. And he said he did that two or three times and where he goes out to receive and then he just drops his head like in shame and he, get, he gets back in the bed. And Jesus said, I've come to heal him, but he won't let me. I've come to heal him, but he won't let me. And um, anyway, he does relay the experience to the guy. He said, yeah, I sensed his presence when, when, I was, when I kneeled down right there. And then Jesus said, well, he'll be dead in a certain amount of days and just like Jesus said, he was. And so, you know, a lot of times people in their religious thinking, they say, well, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it. You ever heard that? Well, if, if God wants me to have it, then I'll have it. If God doesn't want me to have that job, he'll close the door. If God doesn't want me to have this, then he'll. And they, they act like there's, there's no responsibility on my part. That's why we say some people like what we call no fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. It's just the Lord's mysterious plan. Amen. That's what, that's what people believe. But we have a part to play. That's why we say, find the scriptures. Amen. And that's why John 15 says, if you abide in me and I, 
my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. Well, maybe what I'm asking is not the will of God. Well, if you're abiding in the word, then you're not going to ask something that's not the will of God. Yes. So at some point you have to believe you receive. You believe you take it. Then what else is there to do but say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And so from there on until I see the answer, what do I need to do? Thanksgiving. I don't need to dig up my seed by speaking words of doubt and unbelief. Well, I don't think it worked. I don't think it. No, you just say, you know what? Lord, I thank you. I believed I received, and your word says, I shall have them. And, and so what do you need to do between the amen and the there it is? What is the amen? That's when you conclude your prayer, I believe I receive. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Between the amen and you seeing the manifestation is thanksgiving. So you just continually thank God. If you need to write it down, write it down and post it and say, I believed I received on 11-6 or 7 or 12-6 of 2020. I believed I received. You know, and, and have, a, have someone, husband and wife or, or, or a good friend, uh, pray and uh, pray their prayer of agreement. And just make sure that you're in agreement, though. Amen. Don't just, just say, okay, yeah, and just have mental assent. Amen. Why? Because the Bible works. I know my wife and I, we've prayed about things. And, the, and some of the things we have prayed about, we've seen them supernaturally come to pass. And then, then I kicked myself, why don't we pray more about different things? Amen. Hallelujah. But the Lord is faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you today for your goodness and mercy. Lord, we just thank you today for your word that shows, Lord, prevailing prayer. And, Lord, how we can, we can enter into a prayer life even today, Lord, where we get answers. Thank you, Lord, for answers to our prayers. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you right now. Lord, we press in today. We press in even the rest of this month, Lord, that... This month is going to be a, an amazing month for every person in this church. Lord, we press in. Hallelujah. Lord, even like the woman with the issue of blood, that she pressed in through the crowd and, and passed the crowd. She touched the hem of your garment. She was made whole. Hallelujah. Lord, even as the master said, according to your faith, your faith hath healed you. Lord, that you're saying the same thing to us today. That our faith makes us whole. Our faith makes us free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.